Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA student podcast. I'm Connor and I'm once again here remotely with Alan. Hello. This week on the show, we look at a recent report by accountants called COVID-19, Three Ways to Steer Through the Crisis, which looks at how businesses are performing pivots and examining their digital resilience and speed of transformation. And we talk about how the recommendations on how to get your business through the coronavirus pandemic can be applied to students. We also look at recent news stories on how some traders in London are looking for shorter working days before getting to this week's student question. So, Connor, we have this article and and it's an interesting one and it's called COVID-19, Three Ways to Steer Through through the Crisis. And it's looking at Southeast, Southeast Asia, Australia and New Zealand. And it's advice for businesses about kind of performing pivots. And, and, and we've seen lots of examples online about people who are in the clothing industries making masks and, and how businesses are, like some restaurants are becoming delivery businesses as much as they are becoming restaurants. But what I found interesting about this article was, um, although it's providing kind of pivot advice on how businesses can change I think they're really good examples of how students have to pivot their expectations and their their life around kind of not say, oh, it's COVID, we can't get these exams done. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> what's interesting on that is, you know, the, the early stage when this all broke out, and obviously it's been different for people in different regions, but initially people are very much doing kind of the risk assessment, what could be the impact um, kind of potential planning of how they might uh, need to change things but now it's very much in that phase now where you need to be acting and as this report looks at steering through the crisis and you know implementing those changes and responding to it and it's the same with students it can't you know we're out of that stage where people are trying to predict oh how might this affect me what could be the impact and it really is you need to be proactive now you need to be getting back on track because you know the same as businesses no one's gonna is can wait around for things to get back to normal there isn't going to be the same normal so it's it's very interesting how the the two kind of line up but yeah it's very much in this this acting and steering phase of the crisis yeah I think so. What this article was built on um, three advisory panels in Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand, and, and I guess they had a lot of insights about how businesses were reporting, um, how businesses were reacting to what what's happening at the moment, the supports they're getting from government, government, um, what was successful for some business and what wasn't, some businesses and what wasn't, and I think they identified three. Uh, themes broadly that kind of out of all these advisory panels and all of these discussions, um, this article identified the main three themes that came out of the discussions. And I think, again, as, as students, if, if you listen to this, you'll see the, the three themes. And, and we're going to kind of talk about the business one, but we're also going to show kind of how you can pivot to embrace it and kind of change your your thing, um, your way of studying. So I think the first one um, is digital resilience and so cybersecurity is a is a big thing, and and I think the, I've, I've read articles about how there's more scamming and more phishing scams going on at the moment, um, because so many businesses are communicating through emails, and there's more scams built on that. So building that um, that digital resilience and just being able to that like companies have face to face, and now they don't have that face to face option anymore. Um, that we're not everybody's not sitting in the same office so how do you communicate so it really is um interesting how they had to build up this this resilience and cybersecurity and that whole area is is new um in a lot of um, professional accounting exams at the moment and i think it's going to be bigger and bigger going forward 
So I think yeah. that's a really interesting area to look at. Well, I, I think what's been fascinating about this whole thing is, you know, you try to think logistically how you would have managed everything, um, you know, before we had such easy access to digital communication, you know, places have been able to effectively move to working from home and no issue. So, you know, technology has enabled things to largely continue as normal and people to communicate as normal. But that reliance that we now have on technology to do that poses all these risks, as you can see. So the two go hand in hand and being able to be, you know, a, a digital business, being um, using all those things to keep going, that does come with the those same risks associated. So you do need to put that weight on cybersecurity. What's the effect of, of being that digital? Um, and it's something that just all companies, you know, b- even before all this, had to be very conscious of because, you know, the the degrees of hacking and things that can happen now are so sophisticated that you have to be right up there on the, the top end of your security and technology to, to avoid them. Um, but yeah, I think that's a kind of, it's a fascinating double edge to it because we have become so necessarily reliant on it, but that, that does bring a lot of risks alongside it. So I think when we look at students building up their, their digital resilience, um, it, there's just a couple of things on that. I guess there's the the, what we would nearly call the old-fashioned students in a way. Um, so there's still those people who depend on going to classrooms. And what's funny is they're probably working in an organization that has a lot of um, digital technology um, and they're using it each and every day, but then they kind of switch off from that a little bit and they go back to the classroom and they open the books. And, and obviously that's not available anymore. And, uh, and even when it becomes available, there's a level of comfort about whether or not they, they want to, to enter that type of teaching again. Um, but it really is that building that resilience is to turn towards the online offerings. And obviously we're slightly biased, but there's, there's lots more that, than us as well. Um, and not just to say, well, I'm going to wait until the classrooms um, reopen again, because that digital resilience is actually finding solutions now that will allow you keep going it's not kind of oh well i'll wait till it's all working again yeah and i think it it comes back to that point of business if you imagine you had a business and everything was kept on file in filing cabinets on your premises um so i still remember those days (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm talking like fairy tale um but you're (laughs) um but yeah if if you had not only you need to go in and out to try access them but you also have other people we're trying to access the same material you know that's very impractical at the moment whereas if you think in the business context if you have everything in the cloud or in shared folders that everyone can access from any location it's the same with your study if you are have that flexibility that you have access to everything you need you can get it at any time it's not location dependent it's not limited by a uh, one person has that at the moment so i can't be using it and um, so it really does just give you that that kind of assurance and flexibility that you can stay on top of everything and you've no excuses to to not stay on top of them i think that the second one mentioned was um the business model and how you need to pivot your business model and i think that's probably a little bit easier for companies that are smaller rather than larger because there's that whole thing it's like turning the turning a big ship that happens slowly when there's a lot of people involved and when there's a lot of bureaucracy involved so maybe smaller businesses have been more agile i think agile is a word um, that's been used a lot about businesses who have reacted really well, and and there and when you look at pivoting, it's kind of 
it's doing it's within your capabilities, but just doing it in, in a different way. And one of the um, one of the examples that they use, and they talk about how tourism and and a knock on effect in car rental has taken a big hit, but that the rental companies are um, converting their business to online or their goods delivery for online companies. So they're using their cars and using their staff um, on a delivery basis. And I heard a statistic this morning on the radio. Um, that the amount of um, deliveries, so deliver online uh, purchases and, and subsequent deliveries, are up ninety percent on year on year. Yeah. So, which unlike businesses, probably al- about, uh, alongside Amazon's share price is probably exactly. But, and, and people people talking about how um, like it's they're busier than Christmas for mm. online deliveries, and I think that that whole pivot thing is really is really important again to just just to say well we have capabilities and we've seen we've talked before about like the formula one companies making ventilators it's a way of using your people and using your capabilities if you're just a little bit brave to kind of just adjust adjust your focus slightly yeah and i think often with things like pivoting you know there's a few important things to consider you don't want to be the the person who does it too late whether you're in a business or you're a student who's coming maybe late to to cbes and adapting to that um it's it's really important that you pivot early enough that you can get the benefit and the opportunity from it and i think you know with um you'll often hear with businesses kind of stripping back to their core competencies and the the thing that they're good at or the thing that they are most capable at, at, at uh, relative to other people so it's it's really important you think of that yourself and when you're you know if you're you're studying getting back to what's most important what do I need to realign my focus towards um you know what what can I not afford to leave till too late um I think they're all really important things to consider I think the final point then um, from a company perspective and and I think this is huge and when you're doing your professional accounting exams um, this area is just gonna it's already popping up everywhere and it's just gonna kind of weave its way into so many subjects in so many different ways and it's digital transformation and it's about how um, coronavirus has has basically forced people to improve their digital networks. So like you'll talk to lots of people um, and, and both of us have worked for some more old fashioned companies where there's a lot of um, deals made and over lunches and dinners and all that type of stuff. And, and that's not there anymore. And I think a lot of people would say, well, you're taking the personality out of some work, but being able to um, use a network that's digital and being able to get your customers to embrace it and, 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 and kind of work with it. Um, is a huge thing and, and I think that will really benefit companies the quicker they can do it now clearly it'd be benefit benefit them but it'll actually benefit them in the long term even when this crisis is over yeah and you know the the big thing about technology and the whole harnessing of technology it's all about making things easier that's the whole idea no one moves to technology things that are far more difficult um otherwise they wouldn't be a success or they wouldn't be purchased but it's that idea and if you can get people on board with that you'll be much more efficient more effective and it's that idea of of trying to take complex or difficult things and make them easier and make them quicker yeah and it's interesting from a uh there's a a comment in it about australian universities and i think uh, universities around the world who depend on 
um, foreign students. And, and most con- countries have quite a large influx of foreign students. So Australians might go to college in in London. Irish people might go to college in Australia. We get a lot of Indian students who come to Ireland. So there's a lot because students are keen to travel and to experience, and, and you've done it too, and ke- to travel to different countries and experience the culture while you're educating. But now it's a situation where as you have to use digital now because I don't think all of those millions of students who who kind of crisscross the world in around September, October time every year is going to be happening this September and October. But I think that doesn't mean those those students don't want to, to do the course that's in an Australian university or don't want to get the award that they're looking for from an Irish university. And I think, but they have to have that that sound digital, they have to have that sound digital offering um, ready to go yeah. or people will, people will lose faith in it and the, the brand will nearly be affected if they don't have a really good solution for that. Yeah, and it, it's something you you know certainly see more and more now, even looking at people's CVs, they might have had been to three different colleges in three different countries um, with never having been over to them or only you know, going for one assessment. I know you've done different things with universities abroad and it is, you know, you do get that experience of a different approach to teaching. It, it is a great experience. Um, but I think that is, you know, and that's, we talked about pivots. That's something which a lot of universities are having to struggle with and figure out, particularly these universities in America, which charge insane fees, which we won't get into, but having to realize, you know, that students are now seeing, well, if everything's digital, why am I paying this amount for the the brand of that college versus if the quality is as good as other things? So it actually levels the playing field, this digital transformation, because, you know, the hope is that people have access to the, the same quality education. And from that, you can bring out the same opportunities so by embracing that transformation it, it actually opens you know incredible doors to you um so it, it if used correctly it can be a, a incredibly positive step and i think um, when we kind of apply this whole area back to the student it, it really is a sense of like it's never going to be the same that life is never going to be the same for for students um whether it's university or colleges even school and with and I think nearly mostly with professional exams because they are they are that nearly extracurricular thing that, that you're doing as well as work and I think if, if you're kind of sitting there waiting for it to turn back to the way it used to be it'll never happen there are there's like this this really remote proctoring that lovely term of describing how, that you're doing your exams from home um some qualifications, some qualifications will maintain it. Some might might change it back, but I think the 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 flexibility on how you get educated and take the exam uh, is going to change forever as a student. And and all of these three things really kind of culminate in in kind of say embrace it now because it's kind of it's never going to return back to the to whatever the way you liked it to be. It's never going to go back, really. Yeah, and and like anything, like all the the stuff we talked about regarding the business at the start, those who embrace it early and get better at it early are the ones that are going to get, um, you know, the most success from it. So, yeah, as you said, if if you're waiting for that moment that you can 
go into a big exam hall again and sit down with the paper-based exam, you're going to be waiting an incredibly long time. Whereas if you can embrace this new approach and really like improve those skills and, and how you work and use them, you're going to be in a really good position to get through your, your journey. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content, important news, live streams, study tips, and much more. Okay, so Connor, this week's news story is quite interesting, and, and I think it's um, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. And again, it's these fallouts from from COVID. And I was actually reading another article last night, and and, and which which started with the point was, do we want things to return to the way they were? And like, there's a lot of people who kind of worked long, really long hours, who that's been adjusted because they're at home. Some people have worked longer hours because they're at home, but that I think people have found that like maybe when they've stepped away from an office or stepped away from a career and doing it at home, that there's maybe slightly more to life that, than they thought. And and I think when we look in, there's a really interesting story about the London Stock Exchange and they're looking to for the trading day to be shortened, which is which would be a massive thing. And like and I and it's it's an area that I have a lot of background in and would know a lot of traders. And uh, it is a long day because you're, you're there a couple of hours beforehand, you're there a couple of hours afterwards. And uh, it's interesting, something I never really thought about was that the London day on the London Stock Exchange is much longer than any other day of the major yeah. stock exchanges. And, and I think this whole time has given people a chance to reassess, God, did I really do all of that? Did I really kind of <laughs> travel for an hour and a half in the morning? in order to be at my desk for seven, in order to leave at seven or eight and travel an hour and a half home. And I think that like, if there's anything positive about this, it's really given people a kind of, really, was that my life? Yeah, well, I think it's this whole thing has been a huge light bulb moment for people. And I heard it um, being referred to as kind of the biggest global social um, experiment that could ever take place where you've, you know, all these questions which people and companies have probably asked or thought about has suddenly been shown in practice and you've seen the effect and I think a lot of people are waking up and saying well why do we do all these things that were kind of ingrained as normal but when you actually take a step back might seem a little ridiculous I'm sure for the the traders who might be at home and they're getting up and working 12 hour days you know between the the um the open hours of the market and then being there um, before and after for the kind of closed market trading, I'd say they're saying this, this is crazy, particularly when I think it's, is is the London Stock Exchange open an hour and a half longer than the um, American exchanges with no lunch break and things. So it's yeah. not like there's, it's not like, you know, there's, there's big exchanges that do it in a different way. And you make those adjustments and people might be surprised at the start, but people will still find time to fit their their trading in within that. And it's it's really just making these adjustments and places have these rules that become legacy. But you take a step back and you think, well, maybe there's a better way of doing all this. Yeah. And, and, that, and you would assume, like, I think most people would assume that the US stock exchange is the the one that's open the longest. Um but like if you think about it, that's open for what, six and a half hours. Asian exchanges are open for six hours, and London is eight and a half. And you yeah. kind of got and like, like if you're saying, okay, I know London is a major financial center, but so is the U.S. exchanges, and that's the most traded exchange and the biggest exchanges. And you you kind of think, is it just a status thing? Is it is it some? And like it's great that people are looking at things um, like this and considering these things. Um, 
that, and it's funny, I think because of what's happened, people think they have a voice. I don't think this would have come out if it wasn't for um, coronavirus happening because people wouldn't be reassessing. They would just, because I know people who did it for 30 years and you go, how did you do it? And they just said, just always did it. You just, you just yeah. got up, you nearly did it. Like, and and the problem is at a, at a company level, you can't look to do anything different because your competitors are all, you know, no one wants to show their hand and say, we'd actually like this because yeah. I suppose it seems a sign of weakness. And I, I know lots of people who've gone to work um, in trading and investment banking in London and the hours are are scary. It's not something I would be, be looking um, towards myself. But it, there is that expectation, you know, you're going there and you're, you're weak, you're working kind of, 14 hour days um throughout the week during these trading days and then it's you know it's nearly recovery at the weekend rather than um relaxing but yeah i i think as we said this is a a chance that people you know can kind of address the thing of there might be a better way of doing this i've you know a lot of people i think what's been an interesting effect of this and i know everyone's circumstances are different is some people have found reduced stress and better mental health working from home they've been able to reconnect with things they did before, reconnect with families, kids better. And I think, as you said, people are starting to see that there is more to life than than maybe what you are, are forced into in a working week. Try us for free by registering for a basic plan on LearnSignal.com to get everything you need to pass your exams. So, Alan, our student question this week, um, and I'm sure this is in a lot of people's minds at the moment, is just regarding being nervous about taking your first exam at home. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I, I think initially it's kind of the people talk, oh, great, it's my exam at home. But I think um, as we have seen um, when you're a student, you're being given new rules and new um targets to set so whereas beforehand you might have gone to an exam center and they said sit here and do this and don't do this but everybody's doing the same thing now you're kind of at home and you're not you have nobody telling you what to do and it's in a way it's your responsibility to make sure everything is done correctly and so i think it's key to be prepared and i think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago it's key that you don't kind of leave yourself in the situation that um you're doing all your systems checks and you're doing, making sure you're connected, no problem, and that what's turned off and your computer is supposed to be turned off. You don't do that 10, 10 minutes before your exam. Um, but I think the key thing for me would be wherever you study, you have to try and do your exam. And I think it has to be really familiar. So if you sit down at the same desk in the same room doing your study, um, you should really try and make that that the same thing for your exam because immediately you'll sit down, you'll feel comfortable, you'll feel relaxed. And and to be honest, once you once the exam proper starts, once you get new used to the new build up and new regulations, but once you press go or the go happens and the question pops up, I think you'll just see your screen and the keyboard and you'll be able to continue on as normal. So I don't I don't think it'll be a major issue. It's just trying to avoid getting stressed at the beginning. I think that's done by doing the preparation well in advance. So we're going to finish up there for today. We hope you enjoyed the advice that we gave. If you have any other topics or questions you'd like answered on the podcast, just send them in on the website on our chat support. We'll talk to you again next week.